welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is Life, life Pairing. <laughs> because life is hard. Or pair it with alcohol. I have an amazing deal for you, but only for you. And I've got to go in 10 minutes. So if you want in on this, as today's Life Pairing is scammed with illegal whiskey. We discuss pirates, staves, and 34,253. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I'd bring you really in with a number. You'll never Ooh, know what a number, number is. I like this. I like this. <laughs> um, we should give out a bit of it, not a call out because they've not, they've not. T- we just found things. Um, the drink that we're drinking is yeah. called the is Compass Box, the spice tree. So it's a whiskey, mm-hmm. um, and it was recommended to me. Uh, by a nice gentleman at the Calgary Co-op who had heard that we were doing a podcast and he thought this would be a really good accoutrement or whatever you yeah. pairing. Uh, also, The Confidence Game by Maria Konnikova is where we've done a bunch of research from. So Yeah, which has been... Uh, Carla did my research for me this week. I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> she, <laughs> okay. She's reading... Okay. She, every time she's asked me to read a book, I go, okay. <laughs> So she just read the book for me <laughs> and told me all about it. So. I just highlighted it in the Kindle and then I sent you that. So Is that how you do it? You can highlight it right in the Kindle? Yeah. And then That's you can go cool. online and it like shows you your notes and stuff. So, Oh, boy. Well, yeah. it's been very helpful. Hot oh, tip, yeah. you guys. If you want to do somebody else's research for them <laughs> and, and they don't know. How, I don't know how to read, actually. That's not something I admit very often. But, right. Um, yeah. 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 I just was never taught. So I oh. just. It's yeah. I've Calgary been, Catholic system. It's the Calgary Catholic system. They were. <laughs> they're <laughs> more worried about alienating people than uh, teaching them how to read. So <laughs> I can't read, but I'm super mean. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a skill I have. I've I've just it goes nicely with the episode because I've just been scamming people for thirty five years. That's right. Yeah. Yes. They're like, can you read this? And I just say, yes. I I just fake what's on the page. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they're just like, that's a really poorly written article. And then I take offense to it, but I can't show it. <laughs> right. Because right, right. I'm I'm lying. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, have you ever actually been scammed or conned or yeah. frauded, defrauded? Sure. I believe so. More times than I uh, would willfully admit. But I think that it's like, been, sometimes I don't even know what's happened. And then I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I think that's probably the, like, I'm, I'm guessing for most people that they don't even know they got scammed. I think there's probably been more times where I've been scammed and I truly have no idea that it's taken place. Like I, yeah. till this day, wouldn't know if i was scammed or not you know yeah there's recently i (laughs) i will occasionally enter a draw like that on instagram oh yeah and they have these weird draws where it's like basically what it is is all the money goes to charity and somebody donates an item so it's like to raise money for a thing Mm -hmm. it's like a silent auction but online they've really taken to it so like one they always auction off these camper vans Oh, and I dream. I have long dreamed of a camper. Yeah. Uh, so that I can, I always tell my family I'm going to sell my house and um, move into a camper van, and they're like, yeah. "We uh, own half that house." And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, "But yeah." So I like, oh, I enter these draws, and then in my, I really don't know if the draw is real. Like, I don't know what how what credibility it has. It's just right. like ten bucks to enter and. You could potentially win this camper van, and then it tells you that all the money from your donation go or from your ticket sale goes to charity, but it doesn't really. But you've not gotten a camper van out of it. So I've really, I've not gotten it. I've also never seen a winner announced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, yeah, which that's... I think is a really important part of a draw. Yeah, I've also uh, I got on a I went on a go I signed up for a ghost tour with a friend. We were in New York. Yeah. And uh, we met, it was like meet in Washington Park underneath the, 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 so we like went and there was no one there. 
and then I was I was laughing hilariously because I was like, I don't really like organized things. Like I'd rather just right. go drink or hang out or do something. So I was like yeah. in my head, I was like, I don't really care that this happened. And I think it was like it was a group on. It was literally like twenty five dollars to go. So I wasn't right. just like I really wasn't super bummed out. She was like kind of upset. She's like, we've got scammed. And I was like. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be truthful with you. I would have paid $25 not to go. <laughs> and then I kept saying that we had been ghosted by the ghost tour. Uh, that good. wasn't going over great. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we that absolutely got scammed. Goal. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and then the next night, to prove that we had gotten scammed, she was like, let's buy another ticket and show up and see if they're there. And no I was way. like, I don't know like, <laughs> how this would... <laughs> Like we're just paying <laughs> twice. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, I don't get what the thing is. A scam that proves you are a good mark. You, yeah, you were a perfect mark for this scam. And I was a lot like, of words. I think we're gonna learn today. Well, not learn, but sure. That are like in the fraud conning, the con, <laughs> con, con, the con dictionary. Sure, mark con is one of those. That's the person that is. Conned. Sure. Have you have you been conned? Have you been have you I been mark? Were you a mark? I'm not sure. <laughs> I thought I got conned by Fabletics at one point, but it was just that I got drunk and didn't read the uh thing. But you can get really cheap leggings, but you have to pay a monthly fee. <laughs> right. It- that's not a scam. That's just a drunk person not reading. Well, there's been, I've certainly, there's been lots of things where I've joined a monthly club unwillingly. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I didn't know. Like, remember the old, um, God, what was it called? Where you ordered CDs? It was like a CD. Columbia House. Columbia House. And they would just send like 10 CDs a month. Yeah. And you had to pay for them. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Because they would just be like, here, yeah, you have your CDs. You send us the hundred bucks. Yeah. And it wasn't like like illegal because technically you signed the thing, but you were also probably 12 and filled out like a thing in a magazine. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember my parents signed up for it and like we were allowed to pick like a couple CDs each and it was going to be like a one time deal. And they just kept shipping CDs to our house. And my dad was like, I'm not (laughs) paying. So, jokes on you. I don't know. Like they were like, send a check or you will be. (laughs) (laughs) You will be. Dis- disemboweled by the CD makers of the world. Oh, this is a fun little game you can play. Um, you actually don't have to pay stuff if you don't want to. <laughs> you don't. Like, no one... Hey, no one is coming after you for $100. Right. It's not worth their time. It's not worth their energy. I have had just thousands of dollars worth of parking tickets in private yeah. parking lots. I have never paid one. <laughs> That's for dum dums. <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, I'm gonna call your country company and you're gonna invoice me. Uh, mm. get real. It's a private company. You can't. It's not the city. Right. Like the city has jurisdiction over your license renewal and your like car renewal, so you can yeah. go. And they're just like, yeah, you have like ten parking tickets and you have to pay them right. if you want to continue to drive. But if it's a private parking lot, mm, there's nothing they can do. Right like wow. imp- there's like some, there's some confidence advice from Brittany. yeah don't pay your bills for idiots <laughs> um, psychologically mm-hmm. obviously like scamming is just i'm assuming like 99.9 percent psychology oh god it's all <laughs> it's there's so much i mean um i read through a lot of this again we're referencing the confidence game um um, more often than not here it is mostly our minds are just built for stories and we crave them mm. so we want like if there's nothing if we don't have our own end of something we're looking for someone to tell us right like to, i don't know like to, it says here human beings don't like to exist in a state of uncertainty or ambiguity when something doesn't make sense we simply want to be supplied with the missing link right so if that's we, how we kind of justify it. somebody will be like oh well, um i'm gonna sell you this 
CD. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now I can't think of anything. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, it's 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 like it's honestly like let's just say like the most basic of scams, like mag on street magic or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you find the ball under the cup for five bucks or something like that. He already knows the answer. You don't know right. the answer, so it's always to like tr- the trick has already happened. Just you walking up and partaking in the event, the trick has happened before you know it's happened. Right, because you're already invested. You're already invested, and you know what? You it's it's the thing of like, oh, you want to know the answer, but you don't know the answer, and that person already knows the answer. So, like right. more often than not, like uh, marks, like p- people being marked for scams are a pretty like specific person, right? Like someone looking for an answer, or, or someone looking to like you know d- desperation plays a huge part in this. Like when people yeah. call you on the phone. They've targeted you because they assume you're desperate. So, you know, if you are older, if you're broke, if you are, um, like, there's just, like, you are already a mark for somebody. Because then they're, they're giving you hope is what they're doing. Right. They're and I going, think that was the interesting thing that this book pointed out was that it's not, you know, like, you don't have to be an older person. You don't have to be, like, a unemployed Like, it's the emotional part of it. So you can be, like, a, a great banker. Right. Um, but if you're in this emotional, vulnerable state where you need this hope, then you're a mark. Whereas like a month ago, you might not have been. Right. People people who you would never think would be desperate are desperate in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing is too, like typically, uh, and the book mentions this uh, kind of over and over again, is we trust people inherently. Right. Like if we didn't trust people ever nothing would work <laughs> yes. i mean that's you a never real... met somebody that doesn't trust anybody you're like your life is so much harder than everyone else well yeah and that's a real oversimplification of of what's written here but right. that's what it breaks down to is that most systems on every level like government healthcare down to your daily transactions with people mm-hmm. are like it's you trusting people. Yeah, and, I never thought about that. Like, I'm trusting my phone to wake me up on the right time. I'm trusting the food that I'm eating for breakfast that it's not been poisoned. Oh my god, you would go crazy if you thought about you this. would. You would go crazy. <laughs> and actually, this was something that surprised me because you know it's almost like when you meet somebody that doesn't trust somebody or trust anything. Yeah. Part of my brain goes like, "Do they know something I don't?" Right. So you sort of would assume that this person is maybe smarter, that they know something different. It's actually the opposite. Um, The smarter people are, the more they trust. Really? Yes. Interesting. I was shocked by that. That that does explain QAnon and the (laughs) Republican Party. It it does. I mean, even right now, what's going on um, with vaccinations and this sorts of things... This is something that is is like there's a major trust issue, but it seems to be like the people who trust science are smarter. Right. The people who trust, you know, like different things, they're they're typically smarter people. So yeah. I was sho- I was shocked by that just because I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like people are just like you just assume you're like okay like sometimes when you see somebody in a full like like armored suit or or like a i like for instance i was in the airport and these people were walking around in full like white uh suits during covid right to protect themselves and i was like do they know something we don't (laughs) can it be absorbed into our skin right like i'm wearing a mask what do they know that i don't know yeah i would have thought trust would be I don't know, based on something else, not based on your own intelligence. Because you'd think like smarter people are going to not trust more things because they know all the things that have gone wrong. But yeah, it's not, it's not that case. I was, that blew my mind. Um, I mean, there's, there's obviously the um, more vulnerable and uh, people who trust too easily Mm -hmm. like that. That's a different thing, but just general day-to-day trusting situations like will my car drive me to this place well are the stoplights gonna work like just humans trusting humans has to exist so Mm -hmm. 
that's actually that's something that they mention is like what makes it easy for people who want to con people they're kind of going on the fact that most people trust yeah so if yeah. you just like like if everyone lied and cheated and steal stole and you know like conned all the time not again nothing would work right so yeah. it's it's like this <laughs> weird thing like where most dance. people most people trust and most people don't con right which makes it perfect and super easy to fucking con people yeah because it's this perfect scenario where like if you lie to someone's face they aren't expecting it right and another thing they mentioned too is that we uh if you're not somebody who lies and you're not someone who steals and you do trust people people who you assume are going to scam you or going to lie to you you think there's these really telltale signs right like the same way when you see a serial killer and they're look normal you're shocked yeah like you right. want that person to be a monster so a person who lies to you and steals from you you want them to look sketchy like you want their eyes right. to dart around you want them to not be able to make eye contact you want them to be like fidgety and but that's not the case yeah. and again a scam or like you know con artists or mm -hmm. they they prey on this exact thing because they know you're looking for somebody to be a weirdo and be sketchy and catch you off guard and and these people right. are like you know seemingly very trusting and very nice and easygoing and, yeah. and not in a rush and you know yeah so they're playing on they're they're essentially playing on expectations of what evil looks like right because we don't know yeah so they're they're kind of like um yeah so there's so many levels to it, dude. I mean, it, it, mm. we could truly go on forever here. Like, there's the psychology of the scammer or of the con artist, the psychology of the mark. Like, right. so many things have to, like, meet up for something to go right, you know? Yes. Like, if you're, you know, you have to be, a lot of times, like, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody, like, when they're, like, a high-pressure salesman, I would consider mm -hmm. that to be scamming. No, but it they work on the same um premises and 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 they use the same tools as a con artist yeah they do because they're like they and and they're they might not be in a rush but they make you feel like you're in a rush mm -hmm. like you are so the gonna... other thing sorry sorry um i this is a thing that i remember when i used to work in the car industry um I remember there was a guy who was very good at selling cars and one of the things that he would do, and it was always shocking to me because generally like, I don't know, I'm kind of one of those people that sometimes people just forget. I'm, I'm Canadians kind of fade into the background. I was in the UK. Um, <laughs> anyways, and he, but he had this, this not, I don't know on a call a trip. Maybe he would, this was just him, but he um, would remember little facts about you. <gasps> And so you would be much more trusting because, and I think the book talks about this, it, then it's like a compliment. Right. right? And yeah. it creates this, this sense of intimacy. And so, oh, well, of course I'm going to buy a car from this guy. He kind of knows me, remembers my name and, you know, the fact that I have this dog or whatever. Like, it's, it's very interesting at how those things are uh, used in terms of sales. And that's all I guess a con is, is it's a sale. Right. Well, we all have, and that's the thing is like, even if you aren't, are if you aren't like running some big scam on somebody or you're not cheating everybody out of your their money or whatever, there's still like a little bit of a scammer in all of us all the mm -hmm. time. Um, something they mentioned is just like, just the average person who's talking to somebody, we lie an average of three times during a routine 10 minute conversation with a stranger or a casual acquaintance. Really? Yeah. So I'm assuming that means like, you know, how are you? Oh, I'm all right. I'm good. Thank you. Or, yeah. you know, maybe just like casual lies, but it's still no one very, very seldomly are people telling the whole truth. Right. So there was an interesting, I, I found this really interesting to see. It's a little, a little uh, test that they include here 
to mm. see if you're a little bit of a scammer. So the test oh. is, uh, like, so here, I'll, I'll just read uh, directly from, from the quote here. It okay. says, would you be a grifter, even a mild wood, if given the chance? Also, I love the word grifter, by the way. I know, that's a good one. It's such a, uh, there was a whole episode on grifting from the community that I really mm. enjoy. Um, would you be a grifter, even a mild one, if given the chance? Try this short test. Have you done this already, Carla? I may have done like a while ago, but I don't remember this. So Okay. Take your index finger. Okay. That's the pointy one, right? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Um, raise it to your forehead and draw okay. the letter Q. Okay. Which way was your Q facing? Tail to the right or tail to the left? Tail to the right, like my right. Yeah. If you were looking at it, it would be the left. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it's the, so the test described in detail by Richard Weissman a psychologist from the framed or the famed skeptic is a way to gauge self monitor self monitoring tendency if you drew with the uh, tail to the left so that others could read it you are a high self monitoring monitor that means that you are concerned with your appearance and perception and how others see you so to a- achieve a desired effect, you are more likely to manipulate reality, even just a little bit, to make a better impression. Oh, so I'm not. No, I was, yeah, I do it the same as you. I'm not either. Oh. So, I, don't know why I don't know why you're disappointed <laughs> that you're honest. You're not a and manipulator? Not, I'm not a conner. Oh. Uh, so they say, they, they go on to say sense. that's why you and I are broken, <laughs> broken little <laughs> angels, just yeah. like are just waiting for someone to lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> and so they say con artists, in some sense, merely take on our regular white lies to a next level. Um, mm. So they're they're kind of like just a little bit impostery, like they're just like kind of yeah. pretending to be someone that they're not to just you know make a situation work or make something flow a little easier and it can be as innocent as that or it can be that you're uh they don't say uh they, they don't attribute a con artist with a psych uh what's i, I want to see i keep psychology oh psychopathy yeah uh, like, like, yeah, I was trying to say psychopathy. So I know that's our, I'm like, I forget how to say that word. Uh, but I like it so much that I'm like, I do I like word word into this. psychopathy. Um, uh, they call it Mac Machiavellianism or mm. they, they don't say that it's, they do not say that it's psychopathy. You're not, you're not technically a psychopath. Uh, it is more that you like to manipulate situations to make it work for you. Right, but and you're using not... the tools that you've kind of that you can get off of a human being to manipulate them. Yeah, and you're not necessarily like you're not without empathy. You're not without, um, you know, regret. Emotion. You're yeah. or emotion. Yeah, you cannot. You, you almost yeah, because it's almost like you can feel the moment so much that you can manipulate it. Right. Yeah. So actually, a psychopath would be a bad con artist. They probably would. Yeah, because they wouldn't be able to. They might be able to lie to you, but they really can't pick up on your human emotion. Right. And and they don't care what the repercussion is. Where con artists are actually trying to achieve a very specific thing all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, this book is really interesting, and you might have tricked. You might have conned me, Carla, into reading. (laughs) Well, it may be available on Audible, so Um, uh, I don't know. I could I'm, listen to it. I I might just listen to it. I've got a plane ride coming up, so I'll oh, there you go. I'll get off the plane and just be ready to scam everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's uh, there there's like I mean, so this was from the book. I also looked up just your basic like five psychological reasons why people fall for scams, mm-hmm. which uh, I pulled off the conversation dot uh, oh. com, um, and uh, there's. Uh, some of the more interesting ones was uh, were FOMO. Uh, you just Ooh. don't want to miss out on an opportunity. So, like sometimes, right. sometimes you you think a sale is only going to be the like how many? I I can't count the number of times I've walked past a window that says one day sale, and then a month later mm-hmm. that sign is still up. <laughs> yeah, 
because they're just sort of playing on the fact that you are it, you are concerned it's not you're not going to get it right um uh, the per you just feel like people seem nice so honestly yeah. just just again the trusting that trusting mechanism that is just it, sort of inherent in the human spirit which is just like yeah I, they seemed on my side they seemed like they knew me just like you said about the car salesman yeah um, um yeah. someone hit my car the other day and i the only thought that i came up with was like i just want him to have a nice day <laughs> yeah, i don't want to came home and got yelled at <laughs> yeah i don't want to wreck this guy yeah uh, <laughs> like even though he's wrecked my car yeah and driven away yeah i have this is maybe why i could be easily scanned <laughs> i'm i'm a prime target for all of this uh, another one is like lemmings off a cliff really we just uh, yes. we just follow the line and jump <laughs> well yeah and especially if you see other people like i think this is a common um scam thing too is that you will see other people doing really well off the scam yeah they may not be real people they might be like part of the con um, yeah or like that's, then you're reinforced this is really how like any sort of like multi-level marketing <laughs> works really because mm-hmm. it's like you know, well look at those they got rich yes. yes um and then uh simply you scratch my back i'll scratch yours that principle that you just feel like if somebody did something for you which often they're making it seem like they're doing you a favor right like i can't normally sell it to you at this price but i mean i notice you have kids and like it's like it's this whole manipulation of like i've already done you a favor yeah so then you feel obligated to pay that favor back by dude if somebody in a mall like tries to sell me something at one of those booths (laughs) i uh, so often will buy it because I just feel like I've wasted the person's time and they're yes. like, and if they don't like, I just don't like confrontation that much in, yeah. uh, you know, yes, it just makes me feel immediately awkward and I often will buy it. So, yeah, I definitely, if someone's giving me like a lot of customer service, I feel responsible for paying that back. It's so funny how many things this like works into so many things it's like i mean we've taken like when you say scamming or scam artists or cons or stuff you're thinking like some guy called an old lady and uh made her put you know give hundreds of thousand dollars on apple gift cards right which is happening all the time but it's not just that it's the reason our brains allow us to get to that point is because we will just buy something from a guy who we feel like has done us a favor. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, or who we feel like we have a connection with or yes. What has given us or, some kind of hope. Yeah. Hope. Hope is an unbelievable uh, tool in this, like just preying on the hopeless with mm-hmm. the promise of hope and, and fortune and future even, you know, like, yeah. Are you going to talk about, um, because I don't know if we should get into this or do like a totally different episode on fortune tellers and yes, yeah. no, I, I I went through that. I think that should be a different episode just because okay. that's a whole another thing where I'm so like, crazy. Yeah. I'd lo- I'd actually love to like I don't want to touch on it without like get you know have properly looked into it because I've gone to like I've definitely gone to psychics and had pretty unique experiences and I'm not. Right. I'm not necessarily like a big believer of every person sitting at a booth at a fair. Right. But like, I don't know. There's got, there's gotta be some legitimacy to, I don't, I don't know, Carla. <laughs> right. And I'm a huge skeptic. So I think that would be really good to do as an episode and we Le- could go to one and like, cause I don't think I've ever been to one. So. Oh my God. This is a great idea. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. We'll look for, <laughs> we'll look forward to that one in the meantime. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely part of all this. But the end, the confidence game goes into uh, talks about that a lot, and psychics and um, a lot of things in, in New York, by the way. So <laughs> I've been to a psychic in <laughs> where you got scammed, <laughs> New York. It's fast paced, baby, and mm-hmm. you know there's so much fortune and misfortune all the time. Right. So people are kind of like. I'm sure there's a lot of desperation people walking around looking for answers. Yeah. 
but yeah, I've I've been to a few. I, I sometimes I just am like, what's to lose here? I like twenty five dollars or whatever the case yeah. may be. Sometimes well, I mean, just... how is gambling not a con? Yeah, it essentially, it is that that game you were talking about, the one that the bottle or whatever. That's, that's all we're doing. That's all we're doing. We're just like we're just putting money in a machine now, and and it's very like, you know the odds are not in your favor so you're no. just w- literally walking through the doors in a ca- casino you've already been caught yeah because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna spend money on drinks and food and gambling and there's another episode gambling that's another one but, oh, let's again, mark like these does... down because we always think we're out of oh, ideas I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're always like <laughs> let's, we'll have to go to vegas for that one to really oh that'd be a great experience. great uh <laughs> excuse to just go to vegas again yeah, um, like that that goes into yeah, so like gambling, lottery, um, buying a car, going to the mall, um, oh. all these things. There's so much stuff. Even right now we have in Alberta, which is this is so uh, it's so funny because we have the vaccine lottery. <laughs> so to get people to take their vaccines, but it's like a one in four million chance of winning. Yeah. Which is like <laughs> just like hey if that cons people into getting a vaccine i'm into it that's what i said people were like they're (laughs) like boy i can't believe i'm like just here it's for the dum-dums and yeah you know somebody nice might win it's so good and because apparently the dum-dums don't trust people so but lottery they do (laughs) for some reason oh yeah yeah wait that's like (laughs) that is very it's a confusing um (laughs) <laughs> sequence of thinking. Hey, we're gonna do an episode on lotteries. Uh, <laughs> lottery. Oh my god, this is lottery. the epi- this you is know. the episode. Of- episode. <laughs> <laughs> for maybe not for our listeners, but we're sure getting no. a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, you could tell us a little history. Sure. I'm going to do a bit of an old-timey, obviously, scam Okay. uh, on Sir Francis Drake. Does that name ring any bells? Um, I like to call you on my cell phone. Um, That Drake? (laughs) Uh, No. Okay. Then nope. (laughs) Before him. Uh, So Sir Francis Drake was the first Englishman to circumnavigate the globe. And he also, (laughs) this is in quotes, fought off the Spanish Armada during Queen Elizabeth I's reign. He was also a pirate and a slave trader. Yay. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> um, and because back then he was given letters of, oh, and I didn't look up the pronunciation, Marquis, maybe? M-A-R-Q-U-E, which allowed him to attack and plunder enemy vessels in the time of war. So because England was in at war with Spain, he could just go and attack and like take ships and like whatever they had. Right. And that was like allotted by their government. Duh. But it also meant that then the government didn't have to buy more ships. Because <laughs> so. they could just steal whatever they wanted? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a super easy way to not have to buy something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so as a privateer, he would have taken a lot of the loot from Spanish ships returning from South America. Uh, but he died, of course, in, in 1596. So this is a long time ago. And apparently he died with no legitimate heirs and his fortune vanished. Ooh. So. To where? <laughs> <laughs> so. Cut to around, I think in 1911. Nope, sorry, 1919. Mm-hmm. Um, a man and a woman come to the Hartzell Farm in rural Iowa. They have a proposition. They know all about Sir Francis Drake. And they know that he his spoils and his from his privateering and collecting were just insane. He had so much money. And gold, and I don't know what else he'd get off of a boat uh, that they have would have the Spanish would have stolen from the South Americans. Spoons and spoons, pottery, and mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime I see anything that's like come off a ship, they're like well, just different kinds of pottery and yeah. ancient. <laughs> it's like essentially it was just like containers filled with things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. And also, he had an illegitimate son with Queen Elizabeth. Ooh. 
who then would have been his rightful heir, but he had never gotten his inheritance. Probably because he wasn't real. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, So the current heir, because this is in 1919, this is much further down the line, uh, the current heir was trying to get this money because it was being held. Uh, So he proposed uh, to people in general that he would, for every dollar that they gave to help him fight this legal fight, uh, they would get $100 back. (laughs) (laughs) I like it already. (laughs) Uh Um, And so Ms. Hartzell gave the money, gave them um, this man and woman all of their life savings, $6,000, which is a lot back then. I was going to say in 1919, quite a I bit of money. $6, I don't have $6,000 right now to my name. Mm-hmm. I do have minus 300 though. Well, there you go. Double that and see if you can get, that's probably a con in some way. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so her son, both her sons are there when she's doing this and they're like, give it her approval. But the next day, her son, Oscar, he decides he's going to do a little research. So he goes to, you know, the next town for over or whatever because he has to find a library to do some research on drake and he discovers that drake had died without much of an estate and had also been given over to a cousin i also read somewhere that it had been given over to like his second wife or something right uh so he actually finds uh these two con artists and he tells them no i don't want my mom's money back she believes you but you guys have been thinking way too small on this con. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I guess he knew that this this con had actually been going on since Drake's death. <laughs> like back in 1596. So this was just like a common con that was going on. And it happened in both England and in the US. So Oscar makes himself the head of the Sir Francis Drake Association. And he sends letters to people with the last name of Drake, telling them that Sir Francis is Drake's wealth, which could be $22 billion or $400 billion, just, just depending on his day, I guess, uh, was tied up in probate court. Oh. Uh, and it, to get the money they needed, yeah. this, there was, they were spending $2,500 a week in legal fees to try to get this inheritance out of probate court. So if they if if these nice genuinely wonderful people put up money for this lawsuit, they would get fifty dollars for every dollar that they put in, or that changes all the time. But and then they they opened it up to anyone. Didn't matter if your name was Drake or not. <laughs> it just anyone could come. Anybody. So uh, Hartzell moves to London because he's he's got to get like close to the government right because it's the british government that's holding this money so he's got to go over there and he's living living the life of basically right. a, a francis drake yeah. <laughs> oh sir <so> that's <laughs> before before the life of riley there was the life of sir francis, <laughs> sir drake. francis drake <laughs> yeah um but he still had people signing up subscribers while he was in london to, to into this fund and a lot of them believed in this this scheme they thought it was real kind of like um what do you call them what not the pyramid yeah the pyramid scheme yeah like multi-level marketing schemes essentially yes exactly yeah. uh, um, so you're getting other people to get money for this scheme and that can range from tupperware to like yeah it ma- anything sex toys (laughs) dude like there's so many things like i see all the time like join this thing Mm -hmm. and i'll get you i'll make you thousands of dollars and i'm like oh yeah okay i know it's very there's a really good podcast called the dream that is about uh this whole thing and it's kind of depressing when you actually look into (laughs) into what happens to the people at the very bottom of the pyramid um so, in 1922, uh, the British government confirmed that there is no Drake money, that his second wife, Elizabeth, had inherited his estate. So, there's nothing. There is no inheritance. <laughs> Stop. There's nobody in probate court. We're not doing anything. Nothing. Despite the truth coming out, uh, Oscar was able to continue his scam 
for 15 years collecting $2 million. Oh, man. Now, the UK can't charge him with anything, even though he's over there, because he hadn't technically broken any laws in the UK. He was just using money that people had given him to live a lavish lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. And a lot, like most of the people were still convinced that this inheritance was real and that Hartzell was the one to get them this money. And they trusted him. So eventually, the U.S., charges them with mail fraud charges mail fraud charges seems to be like they were kind of uh tax evasion kind of go-to like you hear a lot of people that they can't find how to charge them with other things they're like ah mail fraud (laughs) (laughs) they're like i which is funny because it's like i don't know there's so many things that they've done wrong but for some reason they have to like throw it under this huge bracket of things okay (laughs) yeah yeah um so 1933 he goes to trial because he's deported back from the uk and many of his subscribers put up thirty thousand and fifty dollars to his legal defense they provide bail and defense money but he's convicted and he's given a 10-year sentence and still his agents are collecting they've collected a further half a million dollars from followers while he was in prison (laughs) this is dude this is like the start of gofundme for stupid things (laughs) (laughs) yes and also because you've put money in it's that i can't there's a word for it but because you put money in you you kind of have to like cling to that thing well because you don't want to be proved wrong so yeah. you're like, there's like, it's like this, you're still clinging on to the hope that you weren't scammed. Yeah. Um, And so he actually dies in prison in 1943. And I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, but having gone mad and believing himself to actually be Sir Francis Drake. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, but, he, hey, you know what? George Costanza says it best. It's not a hmm. lie if you believe it. <laughs> yeah we don't know um so one of the kind of side stories that uh i really liked oh the other thing too sorry is that the people invested they invest multiple times despite never getting a single dollar in return (laughs) so it wasn't like he was paying out like if you look at bernie madoff or any of those yeah like people were getting money but they were getting like new subscribers money right that hence the pyramid because there there is a trickle down effect of the money it it just keeps everybody sort of clinging on yes exactly and these people were clinging on despite not getting any um but anyways there's a a nice little side story to this because uh the in the book the confidence game they point out um that con artists actually make really good marks (laughs) yeah that's funny because there's they're so confident and they feel so powerful that they don't think that they could be conned. Well, so, they think they know all the ins and outs. Their ego, mm-hmm, their ego has mm-hmm. tricked them into believing they're mm-hmm. smarter than everyone. Exactly. And that's kind of, I think, like behind the, the Bernie Madoff thing. Like those people were rich and powerful. And guess what? Then they got taken in. <laughs> um, but, anyways, while Hartsell was living in London, he saw an ad in the paper for a crystal ball seance uh, that would tell the future. So soon he was visiting there three times a week, giving thousands of dollars for the psychic's advice. And Miss St. John Montague, who was the psychic, she actually realized this was like, an, his, like her ideal mark. So she hired a private investigator to look into him. I assume to like get more information so she could like, you know, give it back to him basically. <laughs> yeah. And she found out about his Drake scheme. And so then she managed to extract another $50,000 from him. Atta girl. <laughs> yeah. So a con artist got conned. You mean- Still not a great thing, but kind of a weird, I don't know, weird. It touches back on the psychology of it all because it's just like there are so many. It doesn't seem like it, it just could get anyone. Yeah. It's like. Even the person who's good at making you do a thing you don't want to is so vulnerable to having the same thing done to them, which doesn't really make a lot of sense because they should mm-hmm. know, like, you know, like a thief shouldn't get robbed all the time. Right. 
<laughs> you should like I know how to break into a window, so I'll fix the window so no one can get in here. <laughs> but exactly, that's not the case. yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I wonder too, like how much of this is because it was mostly happening in Iowa. Like how much of it was this trust with? Oh well, he's a feather fellow like I Iowanian, <laughs> Iowaskian, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and that's so where like, Iowaska that's ceremonies with... were created. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, so I wonder if like there's that kind of aspect to it, like oh, the, there's this local boys fighting against the British government. Remember when we used to fight against the British? Like I don't know. I think there's a lot of things going on in the scam, but I, sadly, it was very successful for him. A lot of layers. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing is like I also think people like they think they're never gonna get found out that, and the cockiness mm-hmm. is what gets them. Yeah, it's like, I mean, he was never the the money was never coming in for anyone. No, so surely somebody is gonna be like, wait a second, <laughs> I've and bought maybe- a lot of Tupperware, but I haven't received any money. <laughs> and maybe he did pay out like some people. Yeah, I know that's like how generally it works in the like the pyramid schemes is that you will pay out only when pressed, right? But the fact that it's like the majority of people were still believing that he was telling the truth when he was in jail. <laughs> oh, we're so trusting. <laughs> we're so we easily, easily <laughs> scammed. Yeah. I love it. Now, do you have some more, uh, a little more modern scam? Well, this is the funniest thing in the world. We have yet to Trump. <laughs> and we've yeah. learned nothing since 1918. Of course. Of course. Uh, uh, this is, uh, I just went on to, uh, so very recently I have been called by Service Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting this in quotation. Sir. It's not Service Canada. Service Canada doesn't call you from your, a local area code number. Yeah. Um, they don't call you once every, last week they phoned me once every hour on Monday. Yeah, I've been woken up gonna... every morning at 7.30 uh-huh. in the morning. And I'm going to tell you this, I'm a comedian. I don't go to bed till 3 a.m. <laughs> so I've been real grumps, magumps, yeah. uh, about five times already in the this last. This is not a good con. They're casting too wide of a net. They are casting too wide of a net. They're like, so this is, I mean, and this isn't the first year this has happened. What they're doing essentially is they're calling and they're saying that you owe money to the government. And yeah. they're like, but the the translation isn't great. Like <laughs> the English is not a first language for a lot of the scam artists. So what's happening is they're just saying really strange things. Right. Like they'll just call you and they'll be like, you owe so much money or go to jail for, for life. And you're like, yeah. what? And they're like, call, <laughs> you better call a lawyer. We're going to come to get you. And you're like, yeah. Uh, okay. And you're like. <laughs> What, what's my address <laughs> yeah and they're like oh yeah you give it to me and they're like the, they just put the fear of god into you that's their whole thing is they're just trying mm. to scare you and tell you you owe money which a lot of people have collected serp currently a lot of people right. uh haven't filed their taxes yet there's it covid has put everybody in a really tight financial situation so there's probably a lot of people that you could call and say that they owed the government money who probably did owe the government money but they'll never ever reach you in this way they'll they send a registered letter like typically (laughs) like if you owe somebody fifty thousand dollars they're not gonna call you at over tea i promise so yeah, was, mine is mostly just a recording. Are you getting a recording or are you getting a real person? I get, uh, it's bounced back and forth. Uh, one time, oh. a couple of years ago, I got a call from a 406 area code, which is Montana. Right. <laughs> which is very funny because they're like, this is Service Canada. I'm like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you guys moved your offices to the U.S.? <laughs> and the guy was like, what? And I was like, you moved, uh, like, you, you spun down to old Montanger? <laughs> you're you're just i was like i've never heard of the canadian government operating on foreign soil you're an insane person so i was laughing so hard and then he just started swearing at me calling he was like you're a stupid bitch you're a bitch and i was like i was like okay well enjoy the weather i was like i do recommend there's a nice deli in libby montana 
uh yep so i actually went on to the uh canada dot like the actual service canada website uh, mm-hmm. to find out how many people are being scammed in a year and currently oh. uh as of may 31st 2021 this is year to date uh 34,253 reports of fraud mm. uh canadian victims of fraud year to date 24,000 uh, oh wow! Lost to fraud, eighty-seven point eight million dollars year to Ooh. date. So we are only in, uh, obviously, July. So as a reference point, in twenty twenty, Canadian reports of fraud were seventy-one thousand and sixty-two. Uh, Canadian victims of fraud in twenty twenty uh, were forty-two thousand one hundred sixty-three. And uh, the total dollar amount lost in 2020 for the full year was 106 million. Wow, that's a lot of money to lose. <laughs> a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So yeah. typically, what they're doing, as we said, they're kind of trying to call and just uh, scare you. But what'll happen? The next step is they want to get access to your personal and financial. Uh, information right so then they can identify uh, legitimate communications so like what they're doing is like getting into your files and then they can then go like okay we know this about you we know this about you we know this about you so the first part of the scam is to get you to like log into something right so there's all kinds there's uh phone call scams like we discussed prepaid cards bitcoin e-transfer uh scams email yeah, the old apple gift card thing yeah like if you know hey nmax doesn't want you to pay them in apple gift cards no. i've tried they don't i'm like <laughs> <laughs> like my aunt gave me 20 bucks on an apple gift card can i pay my gas bill with this and they were like no you may not uh text messages uh uh, they say that common scams are aimed at a lot of newcomers to canada so they're Mm. just like they're they're like this you know this is how it is here you owe this money uh and then like i mentioned covid19 scams and fraud so that's there's a lot of stuff happening there like you know well release your online data or you know like this and this and this you know people are it's the, whatever the thing is happening currently that's what people will prey on yeah so yeah look out for it's it could literally be anything so just always be afraid and never trust <laughs> yeah, yeah or and don't let anyone give you hope yeah no hope <laughs> no. hope is for um... or do trust because if you don't trust you're dumb i don't know um, yeah i mean like i i think i get scammed more than i actually get scammed like i think everything is a scam and then it turns out to not and that's very tiring so it is that's an exhausting way to live carla i mean but i still go ahead with it because <laughs> i'm too polite to not go ahead you're like oh i'm just being screwed over completely <laughs> well here's my credit card <laughs> speaking of scams um you found Mm -hmm. us through conversation through trust carla you trusted a fellow human trusted a human at a liquor store (laughs) and (laughs) those are the best ones to trust to be fair he works there it wasn't like it was just a random stranger and i talked to a guy outside of a liquor store and he made me do some pretty weird stuff so (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sorry that's all right i mean hey We all get That's a little what lonely. For. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but so uh, this is the Spice Tree Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it is what? It is, it brought, it's the Compass Box Company? Yeah, that, it's the company. And then the actual, um, the actual whiskey is called the Spice Tree Whiskey. Now this whiskey has quite a past. Um mm-hmm. Are they whiskey? Are they lying? We don't know. Um, oh, yeah. They, and they'll tell you. But this is the thing. They'll tell you right on their own website. Yeah. Uh, they say the Spice Tree got off to somewhat of a shaky start when it first launched in 2005. Matured in barrels made with French oak stave inserts, the whiskey became a topic of legal dispute with the Scotch Whiskey Association, which considered the use of additional staves a no-no. 
Compass Box was left with no option to end production. After three years of adjusting the recipe, the Spice Tree relaunched in September of 2009, this time with the omission of French oak interstaves. Instead, the whiskey was given a second uh, maturation in casks containing heavily toasted new French oak heads. In 2016, to mark the 10th anniversary of when the first Spice Tree whiskey was banned, Compass Box launched a limited edition blend, the Spice Tree Extravaganza, inspired by the original liquid. The whiskey boasts a blend of slightly older whiskeys and uh, sherried malt. A total of 12,240 bottles were released globally in a non-chill filtered bottle. Uh, yeah. So what happened was they were, they just, I guess that's, they're pretty fussy about how you mature whiskey. Yeah. And I guess they were kind of cheating because the staves, do you, do you want to talk about what a stave is? You tell me. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, a stave, I had to look it up because I had no idea. A stave is just a block of wood from an original whiskey barrel. Oh, okay. And they just like stick. And then they just fire <laughs> it in there. Yeah, I think it's like I don't know with other because here's the thing: whiskey, Scottish whiskey, uh, it's spelled differently, so it's spelled W H I S K Y, no E. Oh no! Okay, so that's one of the things of that you know that it's Scottish, and then obviously there's Irish whiskey, there's Canadian rye. Yeah, rye whiskey. Um, and American bourbon. So these are all kind of the same thing, but they taste differently because they have different rules. And they're just all sort of a variation on that process, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think probably you can use staves in other whiskey making processes, including a website that was telling me how to do it myself. And I was like, no, this is, I don't know. No, You're no. Like, this is not what I want. Um, no. So, uh, full transparency. Transparency. Mm. Full disclosure, because I feel like I don't want to scam the listener. Oh. I'm not drinking the whiskey. I don't have the whiskey. Yeah. I'm on a little bit of a drinking break because I have to be on television in one week. And I don't want to look like a yes. fat-faced Irish like I am. You also have to work. We're doing this at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So I can't just today. get shit-canned at 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> but Carla is having yeah. a cocktail for all of us. So could you tell us a little bit? How does it taste? What do you think? Right. Can you Let's tell? For the smelling, you know that both Brittany and I are not whiskey fans. Nope. So we're doing this. I'm, I'm a real brave girl. Do it. Yeah. Yep. It smells smells like smells like whiskey. Fire. Okay. Okay. Here we go. It's like burning. It's like burning. I did I ever tell you that I went to a whiskey tasting? Mm. Um what did you do? Well, the thing is they were all I mean by like the sixth or seventh I could start to <laughs> like I started to like oh the thing was is it was a pairing like with different food. Like the food was oh, amazing. So you yeah. like you just like took a little swish of the thing and then you know. It yeah. was it was it was like a friend got invited. It was a book launch. It was about a book that Ooh. talked about whiskey. So there was a whiskey tasting to promote the book launch. Oh, that's cool. And um, yeah, I mean, by the like I said, by the sixth whiskey, I was like, <laughs> this is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> right on. Okay, do yeah. you have any interesting facts for us? I do. Um, going back actually to Compass Box, the whiskey, uh, they seem to be a little bit of a fan of controversy. They, in 2015, this is ridiculous and I don't understand this, they tried to com- to release the complete information about every component that was in their whiskey. Okay. Or used in their whiskey. And apparently, the Scottish Whiskey Association got mad at them because this prohibited U- EU and UK laws. You're not supposed to tell people what's in there? apparently not which makes no sense because i'm like eu is one of those places like their laws are are usually about transparency right so yeah they well there is it is it is it is it to maintain secrecy within a recipe or something i assume so i assume it's like a protection of that yeah so Um, if one person did it then perhaps it would be required then of everyone because it would be like 
everyone I would suppose so, or they don't want. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. So you still like there. There is a loophole that you can get through, but yeah, you can't really get all the information. I mean, I guess it's also too like proprietary information, right? Like we don't know what's in a, the McDonald's special sauce, really. <laughs> I think it's Thousand Island, you guys. I know. But <laughs> I hope there's no Thousand Island in whiskey. Actually, I might like it then. If it in the uh, couple of, yeah, so going back to confidence, confidence men or whatever, con, con people. Um, linguist David Maurer, I think, in the 50s, called them the aristocrats, aristocrats of crime. Um which is maybe why we're so obsessed with cons and right. like like all this stuff. I mean, you can watch a thousand movies on this, right? We like it because it's the sort of exercise in soft skills. It's not violent generally. Right. And I think it's using psychology kind of as a, as a tool. So it's kind of interesting to watch. Couple couple of uh, basic cons for you? Yes, please. So th- Tell me if you know these. Okay, the fiddle game. Do not know. Okay, so this is one where you, one con person, leaves a violin as collateral for something. Like, they forgot their wallet. And then another person comes in, once that guy's left, and says, like, oh, my God, that that violin, it's so rare. Like, it's got to be worth a million thousand dollars. Um, And then when the first person comes back to pay their bill, generally the mark will actually offer to buy the violin, which is you know worthless oh so they'll cut yeah because they'll say like oh don't worry about don't even worry about paying we'll buy this Mm -hmm. off you so Mm -hmm. not only have they have they've had to not pay their bills they're they're getting it's like a double oh i love it yeah yeah um this is a good one (laughs) pig in a poke pig in a poke yeah i don't know uh this is a medieval con i don't know if this would still work but basically what you do is you have uh, a bag and you would be trying to sell it to somebody and saying like there's a live baby pig in here and you sell it to the person and it's actually a cat (laughs) so i think that's a great i don't think that's a con and that's great that's kind of a win-win pigs are notoriously not great for, for houses no, but I think this was back in the time when meat was very scarce, and so it would be great. You have a baby pig that would grow into a big pig, and then you would get food from it. Catch, not so much. I like. That's the other good. one, Spanish prisoner, Ooh. also known as the Nigerian prince. Yes. Yeah, so this is like an email or letter or something asking for a small sum from someone who's in you know, or Prince or whatever, who once he gets access to his bank account, he will be able to pay interest on the money that you give you him. So are, kind of very similar to what we were just talking about. The you are a long, yeah, you're a descendant of the Nigerian <laughs> prince. And you're yes. just like, <laughs> you're like, oh, wow. People now would just be like, okay, oh, I can claim some sort of Nigerian history now. This is great. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like, I have a friend that's from Nigeria. Yeah. I gave him my He's name. my uncle. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, are, th- are those your facts? Oh, I've got a couple more. Ooh, sorry. Let me in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No. Uh, obviously, there's the pyramid or the Ponzi scheme. Uh, and this one's a new one I had never thought about, but it's called the Badger Game. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> Basically, what happens is you lure the mark into a compromising position. Uh, and then you blackmail them. So it, it's not that that you found out someone's having an affair and you took pictures of them. It's that you've oh, put you've them in a situation cr- where you could take pictures of them in a compromising situation. You created the whole situation. Exactly. Yeah. They've yeah. they've done nothing wrong up right. until that point. Exactly. Crazy. Um, this is my this is my fact of the podcast. Why? So text. You talk about text and email scams and stuff. Um. The bad grammar and the, like, kind of misspellings and stuff. Yeah. Those are actually not from stupidity. Oh. So when somebody scams you, they generally, like, you'll get a message, you know, bad grammar, misspellings, whatever. It's actually a way so that the scammers, um, they've learned that if you send out too many things, you hook way too many fish. So if you have, like, a very, very good email, you're going to hook too many people. 
<laughs> and then when you try to then do the second part of the scam, that's going to be a lot more work. Right. Because more people are just going to go like, oh, no, this isn't what you said, so never mind. Um, so, yes, basically they say, like, it's a, they you hook too many fish, making the weeding out process incredibly costly. So now you're only getting the very true sucker. Oh. Yeah, so that's cool. I did not know that it was on purpose. I certainly didn't. I was scammed. by. I, I thought I was like, oh, this is just, you know, being translated and poorly yeah. written is what my assumption was. That's crazy. Oh, I've been badgered. Badgered? <laughs> For, forced to do something you didn't want to and then blackmailed no, it was like a, I think everybody's gotten this email that says, like, I have video of you from your computer or laptop. Oh, yeah, uh, me too. I'm, they're like, we've been watching you and you've been watching dirty movies. And I was like, yeah. I would <laughs> laugh. If you could sell that footage of my face, send it to me first. Because <laughs> I'll show it to my family. I yeah. think it would be very funny. Um, <laughs> just me sweating and crying. Um, <laughs> I've got my like four chins going. Yeah, you yeah. Your computer's like, yeah. it's like yeah, you give her, give her. We'll see what she yeah. have to offer. Yeah. I love it. Is that are those your facts, Carla? Those are my facts. I yes. love it. You guys, this was a really fun episode. I thought, mm. anyways. Um, <laughs> we learned a lot. Uh, we learned a lot about why we're being scammed, and I think the reason yeah. is is that we're too trusting and we're too smart. Obviously, that's clearly yeah. why we're being tricked. That's exactly it. Except uh, for some reason, that's a bad thing. Except for it's all it's all mixed up. Um, oh, I yeah. hope you guys had a, a fun time listening. And we do this every week, uh, every Thursday, a new episode. If if you're just loving this and you're like, oh, where could I get more content? Uh, head over to our Patreon. Um, you can head, hit the button located on our website in the top right corner at www.lifepairings.com. And uh, yeah, we have three different levels of Patreon perks. Uh, for the $3 level, you get bonus episodes, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, once a month. Once a month. So uh, we're currently doing and this. all the backlog of the ones that we've already done. So. We've done quite a few. We're we're really starting to to make up uh, this worth your while, and yes. we we continually not think a con. That... You you've just seen we're not good at manipulating. We're not good. We didn't things. do the cue the right way on our heads. So just right. Press yeah. the button. But you know, we do really like you, and we remember your name. So... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we will mention you on episodes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we will. So, yeah, and uh, as always, this uh, podcast is brought to you by the fine folks over at Comedy Here, often Podcast Network. Um, they do nothing but uh, love us and support us, and we are so grateful to them. So head over to uh, their website, and you can have a look at everybody else who's uh, running some of the best podcasts in the country. Some of the best podcasts in North America, mm -hmm. actually. Um, so check Ooh. them out. Uh, check us out further and we love you very much like subscribe do the thing raise a flag that says life pairings outside of your house oh god we appreciate <laughs> yes, you <laughs> yeah uh check Brittany out on the cbc oh no right? ctv no. ctv CTV, sorry yeah you're on cbc debaters oh yeah i already now was. you're on ctv um yep i you... august August 9th, actually. the uh, yes. It's currently running. It is the John Doerr stand-up show. So uh, it's it's it launched on the uh, 19th of July, and my episode will pop on up on the 9th of August. So check her out. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, we thank you very much. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks.